welcome back to the Long Distance Work Life, where we help you lead, work, and thrive in remote and hybrid teams. I'm Marissa Eikenberry, a fellow remote worker, and joining me is my co-host and remote work expert, Wayne Tremell. Say hi, Wayne. Yeah, that would be me. Hi, everybody. How are you? Um, I'm good. How are you? I am swell. I love that answer. And well, speaking of swell, we're going to talk about some things that aren't going so swell and specifically return to office. We hear it talked about all the time. We all have mixed opinions about it. And so one of the things that I wanted to start with was we know it's not going very well. We see the headlines. We see people talking about it. But what exactly is happening? Well, as far as the headlines, we all know that we have to take that with a little bit of grain of salt because nobody ever posts a headline that says, hey, the plan is working. Right. Like, I have never seen that headline ever. Right. <laughs> but but to be fair, there have been some challenges with remote with returning to the office. Um, and, and there are some things that have been happening of. Uh, First of all, there was like all of these people quitting because they were like, no, we're not going to go back. And now there's a second wave, which for the record, I predicted. And you can find both Kevin and I talking about this a year or so ago, saying that there would be a return to office and then there would be this second wave of chaos that followed a few months after. And darned if we weren't right. We will link to that in the show notes. Uh, but we did know that that was going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, there are some problems with return to the office. And basically, it's been that whatever the plan was, and there were as many plans as there are organizations, the plans didn't work out. Now, you know, I'm a firm believer that if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. Right. We've all heard that one. <laughs> I am totally <laughs> down with that particular thing. But there are some, there's been some unexpected resistance there has been uh, a shuffling of things. We thought it would look like this, and now it looks like that. And sometimes that shuffling is kind of consensual, and everybody agrees to it, and it's the right thing to do. And sometimes it's knee-jerk reactions. But essentially, people didn't really know what to expect when they came back. And there has been this tension, this real tension between employers and employees. So kind of to, to go off of that, I, there's a blog post that you posted, and I'll link to it in the show notes too, where recently you said that you were talking to somebody and they had said, people are acting like we're insulting them by asking them to come back into the office. They knew that they would come back eventually. What gives? Like, did people really know that they were coming back? Is that part well, of this resistance? <laughs> Let's remember what happened in March of 20, whatever the heck it was. Right. Now it's all right. a blur. Um, originally, this was all going to be over by Memorial Day. We were going home for a few weeks. The cooties would die and go away, and we would just get back to the office like nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And two something years later, that turned out not to be true. So when we say people knew they'd be going back, yeah, they probably did. But they also didn't know that they would have to readjust their lives as dramatically as they did for several years. And right. then once people have adjusted their lives, now there's a transition to going back. And 
just as the transition to remote work was really traumatic and dramatic for some people and other people it didn't bother them the same is true going back of course to the office what has happened though and i think this is legit is that you know i wish i had coined the term great mismatch i really wish mm -hmm. i had because it explains so much of what's going on okay so what is the great group mismatch okay the mismatch is the difference in expectations between the organizations and the people doing the work. Okay, that makes sense. And there's always been a mismatch, but capitalism 101, we pay you to do certain things. Yes, I can live with those expectations. Give me my check and I will just do what I'm told to do. Right. That's how the system works, right? What has happened in the world of work, though, is employers many employers not all employers of course many employers especially the senior leadership not so much the the managers but the senior leadership have said well so much for covid let's get back to the beautiful before times when all was well and acting like nothing changed and acting like nothing happened and that's the problem employees said wait a minute we upended our lives we adjusted all kinds of things some of the things about remote working we liked some we hated mm -hmm. we didn't get a choice in the matter if we wanted to keep our job we had to do it you were worried that there would be massive productivity loss turned out not to be the case we stepped up we did everything you asked us to do we exceeded your expectations and now you're going to act like none of that happened yeah, it, it might almost feel like a punishment in that way. Hey, I've been doing all of this really great stuff, and now I have to upend my life again. Hey, for two and a half years, I haven't had to commute, which means I essentially got a raise. Right. Right? Even if you didn't pay me, I've gotten several thousands a year back in my pocket mm -hmm. because I don't have to commute and do all that kind of stuff. Um, I've stepped up. I've done the job. I've proven that the job can be done, or at least part of the job can be done Right. And now, without asking us or giving us an option, you are now at asking us to give up something that we have. That's called the endowment effect, by the way. Okay. If you are leading people. You need to know about this. And this shows up in our politics all the time. It is a simple law of psychology that people react more violently to emotionally violently of course. to the idea that something is being taken away mm -hmm. than they do the excitement and joy of something being granted. I so mean, it's just like so many things we react more to the negative option, regardless of what it is. So the reason people scream about entitlements in government is because if you have to take something back or change something, people will feel like something is being taken away. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. The whole social security debate here in the U.S. is that on steroids. <laughs> so people have gotten used to the flexibility of working from home. They've gotten used to having a little extra money in their pocket and not putting wear and tear on their car. Mm -hmm. And now you're asking them to give that up. And all they're hearing is it's because the company needs you to do that. It's kind of the corporate version of because I said so. 
Yeah. Which well, never I, works. It right. never works. Well, and I know we're hearing all the time too about, you know, oh, well, the culture is bad. So we have to bring everybody back to the office. Everybody's like, okay, either A, I didn't want them to be my friends anyway. <laughs> So they don't care. Or it's like, you know, they're happy with the people that they talk to or they do have relationships with them. And so it's like bringing them back in the office isn't really going to change that or they don't feel like it's going to change. Well, they don't feel like it will. Here's the thing. Kevin and I get lumped in a lot with the remote work zealots. Okay. Which makes sense. Who are like, you know, in a perfect world, we would burn all offices to the ground and turn them into Starbucks and, (laughs) you know, whatever. And I don't believe that. Right. I think it depends on what is the work that needs to be done. I believe that there is something to in-person collaboration. I believe that we are basically a remote organization, but Kevin tries really hard at least once a year to get us in the same room at the same time. Yeah, I, th- I think at this point, I'm the only hybrid employee that the Kevin Eichmere group has. And it's only because I shoot video. <laughs> I, I right. have to do that in the office. I can't do that from here. But that's the thing. There are tasks that need mm-hmm. to be done in the office that you can't avoid. Right. And oh, by the way, you live. Yeah, I'm not that far away. away. Um, but that notion of, yeah, you know what? You can work remotely and build relationships. But darned if it isn't easier, if at least once in a while you're together and you socialize and you get to meet the new team members and you get to do that stuff. So there is, in the defense of the organizations, they are trying to do what's best for the business. And sometimes that's just a perceived thing, mm-hmm. right? This You see this a lot in financial services uh, this business is all about relationships and networking and mentoring. And, you know, for 150 years, banking has been done this way and will ever be thus. And therefore, you know, you've got to come in. Right. We're seeing that. There is some truth to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will find out if over time, as people vote with their feet and decide, no, that's not what I want to do if they change that. Right. But as with anything in life, if you come at it only from your point of view, you get this polarization. So you get organizations saying people are selfish and lazy and they just want to work in their pajamas. And, you know, we're paying you, damn it, get in here. Right. <laughs> right. And, you know, people are saying, You know, if all I do is fight traffic for an hour a day, hang my coat over my chair, sit down, try to avoid my annoying coworkers, and then go home, why am I going into the office? And it's a fair question. It's a fair question because people have taken those two binary extremes. Yeah. (laughs) Now, if if you explain to me, you know what, we want people to collaborate. We want you to meet with your coworkers. We want you to have that flexibility. And oh, by the way, if you met more in the office and you did more of that, you wouldn't be on Zoom calls from new, you know, for eight hours a day. Right. Oh, I can get behind that. Yeah. Sometimes people need a reason for why they're going to do something. I can get on board with a reason. Well, and that's the thing is that we don't 
give reasons. When people say, I want to work from home, why? Because I want to. Well, that's not going to convince your boss. Right. Right. So, again, we live in this binary world where everybody lives on the extremes. But the numbers, if you look at what people say about hybrid work, remote work, what people, most people want isn't to never see the office again. It's more flexibility and control over their lives. Right. So if you look at the bell curve, and it's always a bell curve when you deal with human beings, on one end of the bell curve, you've got about 10% of the people who the minute the doors were open could not get back in, in the office fast enough. Right. They hated their children or they were lonely or whatever the reason, right? Or they desperately crave human companionship. Right. There were 10% of the people who, if they work from home at all, couldn't wait to get back. Right. On the tail end, you've got somewhere between 10, 12, maybe 15% in some industries of people who never want to see the office again. <laughs> they have adjusted to working remotely. Many of them have physically moved right. to new locations. Yeah, they couldn't come back to the office anyway. <laughs> right. Their commute would be uglier than before. Uh, they enjoy the flexibility of remote work. Many of that 10 to 12% are already voting with their feet because they're going, no, I ain't ever going back if I have a choice. Oh, look, I have a choice. Right. Now you've got that middle hump of your bell curve. And people are on a spectrum on this, but they kind of understand the advantages of being in the office. And they want that flexibility. Maybe they don't want to go in every day. Maybe they want to go in when it makes sense. Hey, we're having a meeting today. Okay, I'll go in. Right. Yeah. Right? Or I know some. So they want some kind of flexibility. But that's the that's the vast majority of people. Yeah. Fit in that center port, and that's when where the mismatch comes in. Okay. Right. Am I being asked to do something? that is giving up more than I am gaining. Yeah. And the way we get around this is by, you know, if we're thinking about how do we make return to work suck less, there are really two things. Uh, the first is don't put ironclad policies in place until you see how it works. Makes sense. Uh, Kevin came up with this brilliant term, and he came up with it about a minute and a half after we finished the long distance team. <laughs> so it's not in the book, but his phrase, and I love it and I use it all the time, is pilot before policy. Mm -hmm. Talk to everybody, figure out something that makes some sense, some compromise, even if it's not perfect, compromise seldom is. Figure out something that is going to work, and then let's see how it works. Is good work getting done? Are people collaborating? Are people feeling included and part of the organization? Is, you know, is what we thought would happen working? And if, it's, if it is, great. We can keep what's working. Right. If it's kind of working, how can we tweak it? And if it's not working, what can we do now? But the minute you put it in policy and you say, this is the way it is. Right. Then it's almost impossible to adjust. So, okay. 
let's say, well, not just let's say, I know we have leaders listening to this show now and in the future. If they're having issues with this return to office thing, what should they be doing right now? I mean, I know that you just said pilot over policy. Like, how do they get started? It starts with, do you know what the objection is, right? If you're getting your senior leaders coming down on you saying, we have to do this, the correct question is why. Right. And what happens if we don't? You need to know that, right? Where is party of the first part coming from? Mm -hmm. If the answer is because... Okay, that's not a great answer. Yeah, come up with another one. <laughs> Try again. But then there's part of the second part, which is why, how do you feel about coming back? What are you worried about? What do you want to see? Mm-hmm. What do you think you're giving up? And what could you potentially be gaining? So to boil it down, you need to talk to your people. <laughs> You need to talk to your people and the manager. And and one day we're going to talk about my absolutely brilliant manager is the heartbeat model. Um, Okay. But we, we are uniquely positioned to have a foot in both canoes to be terribly Canadian. (laughs) Um, You know, we have the ear of those above us and the visibility that the individual worker may not have. Right. Right. So we're in a unique position to facilitate this conversation and we need to do it. Um, As you look at return to office, why has it been a mess? Well, what are the things that are going wrong? There were a couple of things, right? One is people came in sulky and moping because they didn't want to be there. Yeah. Attitude is always going to play into it. Yeah. And pretending like it didn't, And then not offering flexibility, it's like, good, you're back. Well, can I work from home a day or two a week? No, just no. (laughs) Well, now you've got resentment and craziness and and like that. The other thing is, remember that bell curve of people who were Mm -hmm. perfectly happy to say, yeah, okay, I'll go in. They kind of, after a while, remembered what they didn't like about being in the office. (laughs) The rose-colored glasses came off. Rose-colored glasses came off and they went, oh, yeah, it's really hard to do quiet heads down work. And, oh, yeah, I really dislike sitting next to Bob. And, (laughs) you know, so it's like, yeah, fine, we're back. And I'm glad to be back. And there's social social interaction and, and excitement. And I'm not staring at the same walls. And all of that's great. And, oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, and something else I've seen too, and I know, I know we're about to run out of time, but like, I know that some companies in their way of, you know, okay, we're going to, we're going to bring people back and we need to motivate them with something. Okay. DJ's in the lunchroom. Really? <laughs> you know, foosball tables, bring your dog to work day. Uh, what <laughs> you have to understand who your people are before you make that work. Yes. <laughs> You know, so it's like mm, uh, DJ in the lunchroom or I could just be my own DJ at home in my kitchen. <laughs> it, 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 you understand completely. Yeah. <laughs> yes, young Padwan, you have you have reached enlightenment. <laughs> it was going to happen. So, so yeah, re, re, return to office. 
what a shock. We made a plan. It didn't work out exactly the way we thought it would. That should surprise nobody. <laughs> right. What we are trying to do now is say, what do we do about it? What do we do next? And that only happens through understanding of everybody's point of view, facilitating the conversation, and reaching commitments and agreements and compromises for now. That we we always, and people are tired of hearing me say this, we always reserve the right to get smarter. Absolutely. Yeah, we do the best we can until we know better. And then we, when we know better, we do better. There you go. So that's the story on Return to Office. Well, thank you so much, Wayne, for this conversation. I think it was great. And I hope our listeners get a lot out of it. And listeners, thank you for listening to The Long Distance Work Life. For show notes, transcripts, and other resources, make sure to visit longdistanceworklife.com. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, be sure to like and review. This helps us know what you love about our show. Feel free to contact us via email or LinkedIn with the links in our show notes. And let us know you listened to this episode or suggest a topic for Wayne and I to tackle in a future episode. We'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn more about remote teams, order Wayne and Kevin Eikenberry's new book, The Long Distance Team. You can learn more about the book at longdistanceteambook.com. Thanks for joining us. And as Wayne likes to say, don't let the weasels get you down. <laughs>